Okay, so do you want to do predictions? Yeah. I need to figure out what my prediction is. Because mine's going to be conspiracy-driven. I don't want it to be necessarily, but I've been talking about conspiracies for the last three episodes. <laughs> okay, I can go and I have stats-based conspiracies, though. Yeah. <laughs> I just realized we're still recording. Welcome to Chapel Bell Curve, a stats-focused podcast about UJ football. I'm Nathan. And I'm Justin. And today we're going to talk about the Mississippi State Bizarro Bulldogs. Bizarro Bulldogs. Uh, who are they? What what can we expect from them? What does their season look like? What are the media narratives? And then, you know, what do we need to do to win this dang game? Um, Let's get right into it, then. Yeah. What kind of articles have you been reading? What's the media saying about these Bizarro Bulldogs, Nathan? Um, well, I think the media narrative for this game was pretty neutral up mm-hmm. until last week. Yeah. There was nothing going um, on. You know, the traditional... The, Mississippi State is kind of one of these teams that gets, I think, a fair amount of respect from Georgia traditionally, but also is considered to be just kind of an SEC-US team that we don't have really much connection to. I was there the last time we um, the last time we played them and lost to them uh, against that Manny Diaz defense. I don't remember it being particularly, like, spleen-filled or angry. Yeah. Um, you know, Klanga is always going to be there at home games. God, but I love Klanga. Klinga, Klinga. Anyway, but, you know, not, not, I don't think of this as like a, I, I, I don't see the media narrative before the LSU game as being anything really crazy. And I mean, I think this was one of the reasons that people were pointing out before the season that UGA had a bad home schedule. And now that has changed quite a bit in the past 48 hours mm-hmm. uh, because Mississippi State had LSU to Starkville and clanged them to the tune of 37 <laughs> to 7. I would agree with you there. Like, Mississippi State has, has, since joining the SEC has not been the team that anyone has thought was a sexy opponent. Uh, and also they share the state, of course, with Ole Miss. their their bigger brother, Ole Miss, who gets all of the uh, the media attention. But all of the neg- like positive and negative. Positive and negative, yeah. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they subscribe to the idea that any press is good press, I feel. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Mississippi State is... Before last week, I was not excited about this game. And now the national implications are kind of huge. And something we were talking about right before we started recording was, on one hand, this game, technically we could lose this game if our goal for this year is to just win the SEC. We could lose this game, we'd be fine. Or the SEC East, even. Or the SEC East, even. Yeah, if that's our goal, great. If we want to get at the playoffs, though, if this is a team that Kirby Smart wants to take to the playoffs, and we have to beat Mississippi State, and we have to do it well. And then we need them to continue to do well, which I think they won't have an issue doing because we've seen what they can do against a top... 25 offense defense everything lsu is a good team yeah and I, I think the media narrative that i agree with here is that you know this is a real test for uga i think that people are arriving at that sort of just by the like oh wow look at the final score um which might not necessarily be true but i think that for reasons that are not for for reasons that are different than um the media presents them this is actually a very difficult game for uga and i also think it'll really prove a lot about where are we this season yeah if this is a game that we can stay close, win or lose, then I think we should all be happy because this is a good team. If this is a game that we win by a slim margin, I think we should think of ourselves as lucky and feel good about the, our coach's ability to win. If this is a game that we lose or uh, get our our tails kicked, then you know I think we got to reevaluate where we are on the season because this is a team that we probably should beat, but a team that will absolutely beat us if we're not careful. Yeah. I've been talking about the conspiracy theories 
all of our episodes at this point that I'm really hoping Kirby Smart's going to throw away his first three games playbook and pull open his new playbook that just says, like, rest of the season. And he's going to show us a lot of stuff that he hasn't been showing us at all. Nick Chubb's going to turn on. Sony Michelle's going to be back. It is going to be a crazy game. I'm very excited. Jake Fromm is going to be finally tested for real. We're going to see if uh, he is as fearless as we all think he is. And so I'm just pumped to see it happen. Yeah, I am too. And I, and I think this is going to be a real test game. And I think it's going to be a real... You kind of like sort of alluded to this, but didn't say his name, which I guess is probably smart. But this is really going to tell us a lot about Jim Chaney. Because this is a yeah, good is. defense. Yep. This is a good defense. And I hate to buy into that narrative because I always hated when I always hated the run the damn ball Bobo narrative. And I don't want to be part of run the damn ball Bobo part two. But well, that's um, kind of Cheney's thing. Well, Cheney's Cheney's gotta prove something. And he's gotta prove it against a good defense. And you know, if proving it means we have an efficient we have an efficient game where we win by one point. That's fine. That's fine. He, he doesn't have to prove it to the tune of like a 50 point win. No. Or he doesn't have to prove it to the tune of 45 points on the board. That's probably not going to happen. No. But just looking competent and making play calls that make sense, keeping the defense gev- guessing, playing to our strengths needs to be something that happens during this game. And we'll see. Um, so let's talk about, we've kind of got, I feel like we've set the stage pretty well. I'd say so as well. Um, let's talk about who Mississippi State is. So yes. Um, do you want to run these like overall S&P numbers real quick? Absolutely. So let's go through their five factors real quick. Let's talk about their offense and their defense, respectively. So their efficiency is ranked 12 on offense. Explosiveness, 63. Field position, 26. Finishing drives, 42. And then on the defensive side of the ball, we've got 19 efficiency. Explosiveness is 6. Field position, 14. Finishing drives, 19. This is a solid team on defense yeah, and that's, offense, that's honestly. A- Good for a rank of 19 S&P plus overall, 16th ranked offense, 28th ranked defense. Um, yeah, you're right. This is a good all-around team. And to be fair, I know that we are still using 70% of games last year to determine some of these factors, but uh, watching them their first three games, they're, they're a very good team on defense, and mm-hmm. I think that with these stats, their last year rank on uh, their their S&P plus defense is definitely... Uh, those games last year are contributing to those right now, and it's helping them more than it's helping us because our defense, if you just look at the numbers right now because it's still taking from that that sample, uh, they're not nearly as good. But on the field, just watching these teams side by side, I think they're more evenly matched than these stats may actually tell us. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a couple of chinks in the armor here for uh, Mississippi State. Um, standard downs, ISO PPP, one in the nation. So they're, they're not going to give up explosive plays on first down. Um, standard down success rate, 37th, very good. Standard down line yards per carry on defense, 6th. Um, standard down sacks rate, 48th. So all all very solid, equally solid numbers on standard down. Um, and really passing downs. I think really the, the thing you want to look at with them, and I'm going to kind of highlight this again when we come back to our key stats to the game, but if you're looking at their defensive prep, um, their defensive um, footprint and then just their overall defensive stats, right? So their havoc rate, 22nd. That's very good. They're very, um, they're they're not an incredibly efficient defense, but they are very good at making explosive plays. Mm-hmm. But the thing I think that really is going to be key going forward is uh, their rushing defense. So if you're looking at their rushing success rate, 95th in the nation. Rushing opportunity rate, 96th in the nation. You can run on these guys. It's pretty p- clear. And in fact, the only thing they do well rushing is rushing ISO PPP, which is limiting rushing, um, r- limiting explosive rushes, which actually makes sense because 
hold on. The only other thing I want to say is 90, 91 in power success rate, 61% or 61 in stuff rate. So not very good rushing. And the mm. only thing they do well in terms of rushing defense is their ISO PPP, which is how good they are at limiting explosive plays, which makes sense because for just as bad as they are in the rushing defensive stats, they are that good in the passing defensive stats. Number one ranked defense in passing success rate, <laughs> 11.4% pass success rate against them. But at the same time, and this is weird, 116th in um, in passing ISO PPP. So what does that tell us in general? I guess we can we can de- okay. So go off the LSU game and their offense uh, and kind of figure out some things. My my interpretation of that is that they will give up big plays in the offensive in the offense and in, in they will give up big plays in terms of passing because they are going to play everything in front of them and they're going to try very hard. To keep everything in the intermediate, um, in the like you know five to ten yards down the field. Mm-hmm. Now, what that if you play that kind of and I'm imagining I don't know I haven't looked at the tape yet, but I'm imagining that they're in zone a lot. So if you play that kind of zone um, defense and you're trying to keep things in front of you, you will give up plays down the field. Yeah, and I think that also explains why they are so good at uh, rushing uh, ISO PPP on defense. Is it's because I think that they're a they have just a good secondary, a big strat, uh, big fast strong secondary, and b that they are really good at having um, secondary defenders coming up and run support, which means that they're making a lot of tackles downfield. Um, so they're you know they they're very likely to give up a ten to fifteen yard run. They're not necessarily likely to give up a seventy yard run because their safeties know how to play run support. You know I think that's going to be the key stat, and we can come back to that. But is there anything else that you want to that you want to just sort of like? Uh, put out there that you think is important in terms of getting to know Mississippi State. I'd say they also have a really fantastic special team. Uh, special teams are really good. They're ranked nine right now. Their kickoff success rate is ranked first. Punt success rate fifteen. Punt return thirty-two. Kick return fifty-two. They look a lot like us on special teams. Just looking at the stats straight up, our rank is still fourteen. But I think that that, that first ranked kickoff success rate is really kind of an outlier there and bringing it up a bit. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, two other things I want to point out that they're also very good at. They have yet to give up a sack on passing downs this, um, this year, which probably has a lot to do with the fact that they have a running quarterback. Uh-huh. And they have they are seventh in the nation in opportunity rate, which means they are very good at getting the first five yards. They are twenty uh, offensive opportunity rate. They are 26th in um, offensive stuff rate, which I think has also a lot to do with they have a running quarterback who is hard to bring down, big mm-hmm. dude who's fast. And they are first at power success rate. 100% of the times they've had an opportunity to run for power, they've done it. Um, which I think, again, they have a big running quarterback who yeah. can bang it. This is a good, good dang team. Um, I think there are... Well, we can go into that in a minute. But, I mean, do you have anything else you want to say about them before we talk about what this game looks like? Uh, no, I just want to reiterate what you said, is that this is a team we can run on. And this is what we're good at. And so if... Yeah, well... Oh, sorry, sorry. We'll talk more about it too. Yeah, we we can talk more. You know what I want to do now is like let's pull up let's pull up the box score for the LSU um, mm-hmm. Mississippi State game. So the reason that people consider this game to be so important is that the UGA Mississippi State game is that LSU, as we said before, just put a. I said earlier before uh, I said earlier before we recorded that only in the southeast can you get a butt whooping, but I didn't say butt. But I'm just trying to keep it clean here. <laughs> but they put a, an old fashioned rented mule woodshed whooping on LSU last year. So let's look at, or last week. So let's look at the um, advanced stat or the advanced box score here and see if there's anything that really stands out to us off the top Mississippi state yards per play 6.43. Jesus. Ooh. Yeah. Spicy Mississippi state 
495 to 237 yards total, eight scoring opportunities to three for um, LSU. I mean, this is just a domination. If you look at success rate by quarter, quarter three, LSU has 18% success rate. Samford actually had a better success rate against Georgia in one quarter than LSU did against Mississippi State. Something to keep in mind. But really, at the end of the day, like I'm trying to, I'd like to know, I'm going to look at the percentile, actually, because I'd like to know, at the I, end of the day, does this tell us? Well, they, I mean, they, they played a pretty high percentile game against LSU. They did? Look, okay. Yeah. I mean, if you, I mean, the, the only kind of things that I think reveals what you were talking about, if you look at their rushing success rate, 50% LSU against Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. Standard down success rate, 50% against LSU. Yeah, okay. So that kind of fits into what we know about them. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, if you look at their passing success rate, 23%. Now, just a minute ago, we were talking about the stats in a vacuum about how good they have been defensively against the pass. Now, yeah. how much of this is LSU's relatively constipated Danny Etling offense? <laughs> I don't know. And I also don't know how much that's even going to matter because if we're playing Jake Fromm, which weirdly enough, we might not be. There's no, no I, I can't tell right now. Yeah. They're, they're sandbagging and acting like Jacob Eason is, is practicing, but whatever. But, you know, who knows how much of that is playing Danny Etling and who also knows that even if their their pass defense is so good because they play Danny Etling, whether or not that's going to really matter if we're playing Jake Fromm. I mean, looking, the only other thing that kind of uh, stands out to me is a very good ISO PPP for, on, for passing are, well, decent ISO, passing ISO PPP for Mississippi State in this game. Um, which means they were hitting on big plays relatively well. And then if you look at uh, LSU's ISO PPP, very, very bad for this game. Real bad. Yeah, 0. 0.55 uh, ISO PPP. Expl- so in terms of the explosiveness, well, it's 0.55, and the national average is 1.49 uh, for passing downs, or for passing, and then 0. 0.63 for standard downs, and the uh, the national average is 1.04. So, I mean, this was a, a thorough, thorough beatdown. I mean, I'm not really seeing a lot of, like... The uh, biggest... Mississippi State had two sacks. Yeah, was... LSU had one sack. <clears throat> Mississippi State did lose six points to turnovers. Yeah. Which, uh, that can that could definitely factor into... They have a minus six turnover luck on this game? Yeah. Huh. Which that is... It could have been worse. It could have been way worse. But uh, that'll probably factor into more conversation per- later on when we talk about what plays... Georgia needs to do. Yeah, percentage of plays in jar- garbage time, 31%. <laughs> So one thing that I noticed, um, Bill Connolly mentioned this today in his podcast. So Mississippi State had the ball their first drive and punted. And then they went something like eight scoring drives in a row, got points, and then they punted with two minutes left in the game. Jeez. So, I mean, this was a, this was a thorough, thorough beatdown. Okay, so a couple of things I want to point out about the numbers here. Mm-hmm. And I think something, now that, and I'm sort of realizing this in the moment, but now that I've looked at their advanced stat profile and also looked at this game this is a game that's going to tell us a lot about mississippi state it might actually tell us more about mississippi state than it does about us because they had two kind of chump games and they've had a the game of their lives against lsu yeah and that is skewing a lot of their stats right so lsu ran on them pretty well so their their um their rushing defense stats aren't very good Mm. but then also lsu couldn't throw on them so their their uh, defensive passing stats are amazing so, you know, it's hard for me to discern what that means for us going forward. I think this is okay because we are good at finishing drives. We are pretty efficient at finishing drives, and it looks like LSU just couldn't. And, and has not been able to. Has not been able to at all. So, I don't know. Like, Mississippi State's defense is good enough to stop a drive, yes. And LSU's defense or offense is not very efficient at finishing drives, but I think that that's something we are particularly good at. Yeah, I mean, uh, and if you look at, I will say, just, I mean, if you look at LSU's like their offense is not super great yeah. in general. I mean, even outside of um, their offense, their rushing ISO PPP is 108th in the nation. 
their rushing success rate is fourth, which means they're just grinding out yards. But then if you go down to their passing yards, 71 pass, uh, 71st in the nation, 71st in the nation passing success rate. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're not um, a great offensive team by any stretch of the imagination to begin with. So you're right, that does kind of skew it a little bit. Okay, so let's talk, let's play a game called We Will Win This Game If Blank. Um, so I think we're going to try to make this a recurring segment. And uh, using our stats and our math brains, we're going to come up with some things that Georgia needs to do against Mississippi State based on our read of the numbers in order to win. And I, I want everyone to um, appreciate that I'm trying to say it Mississippi State every time because I'm a redneck and this is an SEC podcast. So, Justin, what do you got? So, with this game coming up, it was really great that Sony Michelle sat at the last game because it didn't matter. We had a deep enough running back stable that we weren't going to hurt because of it. His FCS team wasn't an issue. So, Sony Michelle is going to come back fresh, which is going to be fantastic. We've got the one-two punch, and then we've got the three and the four as well in Swift and Harry and, and then Holyfield as well. Jesus. We've got so many running backs, it's absurd. But Yeah, I mean we have the best we have the best fifth string back and yeah. we have the best third, fourth, and fifth string back in the nation. All five of these running backs Maybe would start uh, somewhere in the nation. Uh, and in good teams too. Like I would not expect them to sit behind uh, many players out there. But anyway, we number one, first and foremost, we have to run on this team. We have to run on this team. We have to have each of these running backs doing what they do well. Michelle needs to come out and hit the holes real hard, real fast. Same thing with Swift and uh, Harrion. That all three of those guys do that well. Michelle is more of a playmaker than the other two, and then Chubb is, of course, the just absolute tank. That uh, if he can't hit the hole, then he's going to make a play any way possible. Uh, we need that definitely, especially in the red zone. We need to finish these drives. We need to uh, keep up momentum. Uh, because that seems like something that Mississippi State... That's one of the things that Mississippi State is not as good at as other things, mm-hmm. first and mm-hmm. foremost. Just looking at their turnover margin, it looks like they lost a lot of momentum and a lot of points on turnovers last game against LSU. So even though LSU lost as much as they did, they scored the points that they did on turnovers. And so I think that we definitely need to keep our, our havoc rates up. We need to make sure that Raquan Smith and any of other linebackers that, that are coming to play, Lorenzo Carter, all these guys are... They're doing what they need to do. They're they're mixing things up. They're putting a lot of pressure on uh, Fitzgerald and that offensive line and just pushing them back. The stats are telling that making that momentum move as much as it does is going to be where we're going to make our points, I feel. No, just I agree. I think that's, that's very astute. I, yeah. Um, wow. Kind of like narked a couple of things there for me. Sorry about um, that. No, no, no. It's good. It's good. <laughs> so, yeah. Those I are think, my top three things. Okay. So, here's the things we got to do. I think, you know, I cannot... I think it bears repeating, and I'm going to steal one of yours or copy one of yours, is, is that we've got to run, and we've got to be efficient on running. So what that means is our average, you know, our success rate needs to be high on running. It needs to be above 50%, um, maybe like 58, 59, 60. Our overall rushing success rate right now is 51.3. So um, if we can get it up around there, Actually, even if we can just hit our average, I would be very happy with that. Um, we need to try. We need to just grind this game out. And the reason I say that is that leads into my second point. We need to contain. Um, we need to contain Nick Fitzgerald because I think you know. Looking at, I have not watched all of the film for the LSU Mississippi State game, but I've read a lot about it and I've watched a bunch of highlights. And a lot of what really, really killed them was that Nick Fitzgerald was able to be really efficient with his legs, as were their running backs, because they lost contain a lot, and so. If only we had some sort of heat-seeking missile gift from God inside linebacker <laughs> Who to, would that be? to make ourselves so happy. Yes, Raquan Smith. I think Raquan Smith is going to be 
if not the most important, one of the most important players on the field for us because he's going to have his hands full spying Nick Marshall all game long. If we copy our if we copy our Brandon Winbush playbook for Nick Marshall, or at least use some of it, what we're going to do is we're going to send a lot of four and five man fronts, and we're just going to spy. We're going to spy Raquan Smith, and you know I'm not. I don't know. It's hard to say whether or not Mississippi State's offensive line is better than um notre dame's because notre dame was was purported to be better and we just manhandled them but i think that we've had success against a good offensive line at least a good offensive line before today so we need to have success in containing Nick marshall and and not just like letting him win the game with his arm but forcing him to win the game with his arm Mm -hmm. we are going to be in a much better position if we can get up on them early and make them throw to come back because they are a very efficient offense, but they are not an incredibly explosive one. So they're going to have a hard time coming back if we can get them down. I don't see that happening, but I think that would be a very good uh, path to success. My third thing would be, if you look currently, they're on on their their standard down line yards per carry defensively is 1.56, which is good for sixth in the nation. So I don't see us having a lot of super success just opening up holes against them on mm-hmm. the offensive line. So I think if we're going to run on them specifically, I think we're going to have to have really, really good games from, um, from our running backs, which I know you already said. But I think what's going to be really key, what's going to be really key is our solo tackle, our solo tackle rate. What percentage of tackles are made after one person misses mm-hmm. in this game for our running backs? Because if, if you're seeing Nick Chubb bounce it outside and take it for 30 yards, just because he's Nick Chubb, that's a really good sign against this team um, because that's us defeating one of the advantages they have over us. You know, furthermore, if you're seeing Nick Marshall being limited to two and three yard gains when he rolls out after the play breaks down, that's also good for us because that's one of the things they can do really well. They are not just going to run Nick Marshall on scrambles after the play breaks down. They are going to run him like a running back. Mm-hmm. So we have got to, I think that, you know, statistically we need to think of Nick Marshall or I keep saying Marshall, Nick Fitzgerald, <laughs> Nick Marshall, the former Auburn uh, quarterback who was also That's a, what I thought you were saying. A Georgia, you said that a, a few times. State. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm still pretty burnt out on Nick Marshall. I knew that kid when he was here. Good kid, but anyway. But I'm still, I, I got pretty burnt by him. Anyway, we've got to treat Nick Fitzgerald as a running back in terms of how we look at him statistically. Because that he's going to, Dan Mullen runs his quarterbacks. Almost to a fault. People were worried about drafting Dak, uh, Jack Prescott, Prescott, Dak Prescott, because they thought that he had too many carries on him. So I think we've got to think of him as running back statistically. So what that means is, are we limiting his average carries? Are we having a pretty good success rate? Is his opportunity rate low? All of those things that you would, you would traditionally think of as a as running back statistics are things that we need to think of as uh, for Nick Marshall because he's not going to get sacked a lot and they're going to run him intentionally. And if they get down or they get up a little bit, if they're in a position where the, like, the rubber's really meeting the road and they have to get yards, Dan Mullen has proven for three years that his answer to that is run the quarterback. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, I don't want, I don't want anyone to get hurt. I want to say that beforehand. I hate, people, I hate when people say this. I do not want to hurt Nick Fitzgerald, but we need to hit him a lot. Yeah, he needs to get hit a whole lot. And if he, God forbid, does get hurt, and sits out that game, they're putting in a freshman quarterback yeah. with nine attempts on the season. They do not have a lot of depth. No. That is true. And I don't want him to get hurt, but I will say one of the things that I would look for is if he is running out of bounds after six-yard gains a bunch, that's a problem for us. Yeah, We need to be hitting him on the field, keeping him in the field of play. Now, again, Raquan Smith, God bless his soul, um, has been pretty good at doing that. So I think, you know, we have a chance. 
one thing we talk about before we go into true predictions is what is bad for UGA if if X happens? That's bad for us. Yeah. Okay. Um, UGA loses if X happens. UGA loses if Nick Marshall has a Nick Fitzgerald. Jesus God. <laughs> Just leave this in. Freudian at this, slips. At this point, it's so embarrassing. I, the prayer at Jordan Hare just hurt me so deeply that I, I'll never come back. I don't even know. God, I just thought about it again. Ugh. You do have a lot of very strong words about um, the Auburn Tigers. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm sorry. Hold on. I, I know you do. I got to re, recenter it. Okay. Now I'm good. Okay. So, if Nick Fitzgerald has <laughs> a yards per carry of over, like, four... That's really bad. Yeah. Um, I think we can afford for him to get two or three yards per carry because running quarterbacks on scrambles are generally just going to get that. Hmm. But if he has, if he's getting constant, consistent chunk yardage, we're in trouble. Is that YPC determined from the line of scrimmage or from the moment he begins moving uh, forward? Adjusted YPC is what lives line of scrimmage. Okay. And also yeah. it should take out sacks. So I'm talking okay. just on like pure pass plays. Yeah. Or pure okay. runs rather. I think another thing that's really going to be telling for us is, you know, Right now, one of the t- the two things they're worst at is percentage of solo tackles and passing ISO PPP. So what that tells me is they're really good at gang tackling. They want to keep things in front of them. And they do not necessarily have dudes who they're going to run out in single coverage and space and who are just going to cover people on island. So another thing that I think is bad is if you do not see any explosive passing plays from UGA's offense. Mm. Because I think they are there to be had. And it's going to be difficult for us to get them. If we can pop another, you know, 50-yard double move post from Riley Ridley, another, like, slant that goes for another 50 yards from Terry Godwin, I think that's a very good sign. It is very bad if we cannot do that. What do you got? I was looking at their actual pass games. Like, who is this guy passing to? I mean, their receiving core. It's not bad. He's passing to, he's got seven touchdowns to different receivers. Yeah, seven, yeah. Six. Six touchdowns to different receivers, which isn't bad, so it means he's actually moving the ball around. He's a very dynamic quarterback, um, and so we do have to just keep an eye on him. He is the key to their success, and if he's removed from this, then we have a much better possibility of winning this game. Um, and by removed, I just mean contained. I want to reiterate that we're not, we don't want him to get hurt. Yeah. I but mean, he has, he's had five rushing touchdowns. I, I do think that he is a little bit in the Tim Tebow playbook where it's like, He's going to get his yards, and what you have to do is just make sure he's not shredding you to death by mm-hmm. just getting five or six yards of yeah. a carry. You know, if he ends with 80 yards on 20 carries, mm-hmm. that's fine. Yeah. Because, you know, he might pop a couple of a couple of big runs. He might, you know, get two or three yards at a time. What's going to kill us is if they just take the ball from us and he just runs it down our throat for freaking 10 minutes at a time. That's not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is insane just looking at the rushing stats. Nick Nick Fitzgerald has five touchdowns on the year with 242 yards. What is his YPC right now? His YPC is 8.1. Jeez. So, I mean, he's fast. He's he's big, but he's also fast. You know, um, what's his his attempts? What are his attempts? He's got 30 rushes. 30 rushes, 30 rushes 242 yards, 5 touchdowns, so, 8.1. We're talking more like 10 carries uh, than 20. Yeah. But, I mean, if he's averaging 8.1, that is a problem. That's a real problem. And the worst part about this, well, they've also played, so they've only played one team with a decent defense, and their rushing core, the rushing game is their strength uh, by far. Yeah. They've definitely passed plenty. Uh, Nick Fitzgerald has plenty of touchdowns across the board to all kinds of different players, and he can attribute those or contribute those to 
all kinds of different players, but he is really the key to this. But their other, their, their top rusher right now, 48 rushes on the year, 336 yards, and only one touchdown, but also averaging seven yards per carry. And so they are moving the ball around. They're trying to keep defenses guessing, but I don't think this is a def- defense that is actually going to get confused. I think we're going to be okay. I well, think we yeah, have a better coaching staff. You, you, you make a good point there. Like, they are, well, oh, God, I have some things to say about their co- co- coaching staff in a second. But <laughs> oh, I do think you make a really good point in terms of their rushing in the sense that, like, their, their number, okay, so their number one running back, Aris Williams, has 23 rushes. Okay, so f- this is for the LSU game. Yeah. He had 23 rushes for 146 yards, 6.35 yards per carry. 4.0 yard, one line yards per carry, 50 per- 52% opportunity rate. Very good game. Nick Fitzgerald had 13 rushes for 90 yards, um, 6.92 yards per carry, 3.96 uh, line yards per carry, 38% opportunity rate, and yeah, so two very good games. Yeah. Their next three most most rushed players were three three and two rushes apiece wow and it's very similar if you look at their receiving stats they had six targets six targets three 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 so they are not spreading the ball around no they it's just are Harris Williams and Nick Fitzgerald but I mean you know and this was this has been similar for Dan Mullen for a long time is that Dan Mullen has the uh the old Vicodin offense it's like it'll work eventually you know what I mean? They just yeah. they feed you this stuff, and eventually, if if when when they win, what they do is they feed you the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. They run a really really nice um, read option with the quarterback. They run some RPO stuff. They run some pop passes, and it's not that that simplicity is a bad thing. It's that you just have to stop it every time because they're going to do it a lot, a lot. And um, so what that means is if we can make them go to their second and third option, that's good. Yeah, you know. And I I think you were asking like things go badly if earlier and i think one of the things that would be go bad is if they don't have to get too deep in their playbook and that's yeah. always true but i think for teams like malzahn or teams like mississippi state and and auburn where they have just sort of some bread and butter plays they like to run and if they can't run them it's a problem i think this is a similar thing if we can solve their defense by which i mean like we know where to put the guys to do what we need to do mm-hmm. and we can execute pretty well we've got a really good chance yeah absolutely contain Nick fitzgerald make him use plays he's not used to throw to player he's not used to pass the ball to players that don't normally get the ball yeah be okay okay i'll give mine my prediction for this game is that um <laughs> i'm gonna say 28 21 georgia 28 21 georgia you think it's a what is the spread on this game it is georgia minus six and a half points so we're favored by almost a touchdown awesome which that's your prediction yeah more or less I think we I think we cover. I think I'm going to just be your typical Disney dog and say that I think we can establish the run game and that they are not as good against the run as they think and that we make their very good passing defense so far this year not matter because we just don't have to pass. Yeah. And if that doesn't happen then okay, I'm I'm fine with it. Um you know, that's probably a little bit above what the stats would say. I think the stats have this as about a 4 or 5 point win. Mhm. But I feel I feel I would say I feel very good about our defense, and I feel decently good that we can cobble together something on offense. It would not surprise me to see us lose this game, but I think this could be a game. I think we could win this game by six points if if we get a good effort from Shaney. I think that we are going to kind of unmask this team in a way. Uh, I think that LSU made them look really good, but we're going to make them. We're going to bring them back down a notch. Uh, we need to come out as the better Bulldogs. We know they're bad against the rush. We have five of the best running backs in the conference. And like I said before, all of these running backs would start somewhere. Some of them are going to go on to play in the NFL, I know for sure. 
that's the key to our success. So we're going to need to continue running with these guys. We're going to pass these guys. We're going to rush with these guys. Their defensive line, even looking at their defensive line, have a great. Their defensive line is not doing anything all that crazy. They're not putting pressure on it. They're just holding players. They're really relying on their linebackers, their outside linebackers, inside linebackers, to really make these plays. And if we're moving the ball around to all these playmakers we have in our two tight ends and our five running backs, then I think we're going to be just fine. So the key to our success is making sure Jake Fromm doesn't get hurt, making sure that he stays um, cool under pressure. He's already proven that he can. Uh, making sure that he's moving the ball around to enough targets to keep their defense guessing. Uh, that way that they can't end up putting more pressure on this team they need to. So with that in mind, I think that our... I've been talking about conspiracies a lot, uh, thinking that Kirby Smart's going to pull out this new rule book, this new playbook, not rule book, playbook, and Nick Chubb's going to play like old Nick Chubb because he has kind of kept his, his guns holstered, so to speak, these last three games. So... I think that we're going to be we're going to get ahead early, and we're going to force them to actually pass this ball more than uh, they want to. Nick Fitzgerald is going to have to stay in the backfield and actually look for bigger plays. And so I think we're going to end up twenty-eight, fourteen-ish. I think sure. we're going to we're going to double the spread. I'm hoping. Okay. Yeah. That's respect. That, that's that's a very well thought out. Uh, I think so. I hope so. It, the only way that's going to happen is if we actually get ahead uh, early in the in the game, like before yeah. the second half. If we're ahead to Two scores going into the second half, then we're going to be okay. Which is generally true, but also ex- generally especially true. true, yeah. true <laughs> especially true against this team. With this game, sure, that is generally true. You're right, but um, if we're two two rushing touchdowns ahead going into the second half, specifically, I think we're going to be just fine. This has been Chapel Bell Curve. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere else you can subscribe to a podcast. You can get in touch with us on Facebook by searching Chapel Bell Curve, by email at chapelbellcurve.com, and on Twitter and Instagram at Chapel Bell Curve. We're pretty much the only thing with the name Chapel Bell Curve, and our logo looks kind of like the Taco Bell thing, which we might have to address. Anyway, um, check out our relatively new website, chapelbellcurve.com. It'll be a hub for all our new content, blog posts, episodes, Twitter feeds, and anything we find relevant throughout the week. Generally speaking, that's going to mean a couple of blog posts and also a crap ton of Google Sheets uh, stat stuff. You also get a lot of tweets from Nathan. Yeah, just uh, tweet so hard, son. You better, you, if you want to come up in my tweet game, you better be ready. It's all about that content. Yeah, hashtag content. If you, joined, if you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes or anywhere else you can do that. We'll, um, we will definitely uh, read those on air. We'll be very, very happy uh, to recognize any kind of support you want to give us. Or if you just want to trash us on a one-star review, I... <laughs> That's fine, too. I'm a public school teacher. You can you can trash me all you want, son. We'll catch you in the Classic City next week. And until then, go, go dogs. dogs.